Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back, everyone, for another episode of Chew the Bible. It's your good friend, A.A. Ron. It is October 28th, 2021. Hope y'all yeah, enjoyed your day. I need to... Uh, I've been in the midst of loading these audiobooks onto iTunes and Spotify. And... um. Anyway, I figure I'll go ahead and record uh, an episode, a couple of episodes. We'll do two episodes. <clears throat> Second Kings chapter six and seven. Man, my throat is acting goofy, y'all. I'm sorry <clears throat> if I clear my throat throughout this. Let me clear my throat. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Um. Yeah, I finally got Chinatown up. So jump and Chinatown are up. So go ahead, check those out. iTunes, Spotify. Enjoy. All right, we are in. Yeah, I look forward to the day when I can just live off of writing and recording. Write, record, write, record. That's all I'll do. So, all right, we are in Second Second Kings, chapter six, and we're going to talk about the floating axe head. The floating axe head. AKA Elijah does some more cool, awesome stuff through the power of God. That's what this should be called. That should be the heading for this. All right. One day, the group of prophets came to Elisha and told him, As you can see, this place where we meet with you is too small. Let's go down to the Jordan River where there are plenty of logs. There we can build a new place for us to meet. All right, he told them. Go ahead. Please come with us, someone suggested. I will, he said. So he went with them. When they arrived at the Jordan, they began cutting down trees. But as one of them was cutting a tree, his axe head fell into the river. Oh, sir, he cried. It was a borrowed axe. It was a borrowed axe. Verse 6. Where did it fall? The man of God asked. When he showed him the place, Elisha cut a stick and threw it into the water at that spot. (laughs) Then the axe head floated to the surface. Grab it, Elisha said, and the man reached out and grabbed it. Now, I don't have any commentary in front of me, but I have read some a little bit of commentary on this before. And as far as I know, so a couple things going on here. If y'all remember, Elijah, with the J, earlier, he took his cloak, slapped the water, the Jordan River. I believe it was the Jordan River, and he parted it when they went across it. And now here we are. Elisha performs a miracle in the Jordan River where he makes this axe head float to the top. And apparently axe heads were expensive. They, yeah, it was a very expensive piece of equipment. And this is a borrowed one, so... Anyway, it was very important that this guy retrieve it. Now, the significance of that, I can't remember what I read about it. It's like what the significance of him doing this was. Um, anyway, we'll, we'll just be like kids and read it as, hey, Elijah, Elisha threw a stick into the water and made an axe head float to the surface. Cool stuff. Elisha traps the Ar- Arameans. 
verse 8, when the king of Aram or Aram was at war with Israel, he would confer with his officers and say, we will mobilize our forces at such and such a place. But immediately Elisha, the man of God, would warn the king of Israel, do not go near that place for the Arameans are planning, the mobile, planning to mobilize their troops there. So the king of Israel would send word to the place indicated by the man of God. Time and again, Elisha warned the king so that he would be on the alert there. The king of Aram became very upset over this. He called his officers together and demanded, which one of you is the traitor? Who has been informing the king of Israel of my plans? It's not us, my lord, the king. One of the officers replied, <clears throat> back it up. It's not us, my lord, the king. One of the officers replied, Elisha, the prophet in Israel, tells the king of Israel, even the words you speak in, in the privacy of your bedroom. Go and find out where he is, the king commanded, so I can send troops to seize him. And that in the report came back, Elisha is at Dothan. So one night, the king of Aram sent a great army with many chariots and horses to surround the city. When the servant of the man of God got up early the next morning and went outside, there were troops, horses, and chariots everywhere. Oh, sir, what will we do now? The young man cried to Elisha. Hmm, this is getting interesting. Verse 16, don't be afraid, Elisha told him. For there are more on our side than on theirs. Then Elisha prayed, O Lord, open his eyes and let him see. The Lord opened the young man's eyes, and when he looked up, he saw that the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. Wow. Verse 18, as the Aramean army advanced, advanced toward him, Elisha prayed, O Lord, please make them blind. So the Lord struck them with blindness as Elisha had asked. Then Elisha went out and told them, you have come the wrong way. This isn't the right city. Follow me and I will take you to the man you're looking for. And he led them to the city of Samaria. As soon as they had entered Samaria, Elisha prayed, O oh Lord, now open their eyes and let them see. So the Lord opened their eyes and they discovered that they were in the middle of Samaria. When the king of Israel saw them, he shouted to Elisha, my father, should I kill them? Should I kill them? Of course not, Elisha replied. Do we kill prisoners of war? Give them food and drink and send them home again to their master. So the king made a great feast for them and then sent them home to their master. After that, the airman raiders stayed away from the land of Israel. <laughs> yeah, they were like, man, some wild stuff just happened today. There's so much that just happened in that. Let's keep reading. Ben-Hadad besieges Samaria. Sometime later, however, King Ben-Hadad of Aram mustered his entire army and besieged Samaria. As a result, there was a great famine in the city. The siege lasted so long that a donkey's head sold for 80 pieces of silver and a couple of doves, doves dung sold for five pieces of silver. Wow. One day, as the king of Israel was walking along the wall of the city, a woman called to him, Please help me, my lord. It's interesting. Let me go back. It's weird that they use dove, dove's poop as 
currency back then or something yeah a form of currency yeah we talked about that earlier when they were making sacrifices and if you didn't if you were poor and didn't have enough like you didn't have a, a lamb or a goat or animal to sacrifice you could give um i believe doves dung was one of the things that you could give i go back and read all that stuff but man my head is throbbing right now I don't know if it's because I've been drinking coffee lately and I'm in withdrawal because I didn't drink coffee today. I don't know. I should have never started on this caffeine path. All right, where was I? One day, as the king of Israel was walking along the wall, this one day, as the king of Israel was walking along the wall of the city a woman called to him please help me my lord the king he answered if the lord doesn't help you what can i do i have neither food from the threshing floor nor wine from the press to give you but then the king asked what is the matter she replied this woman said to me come on let's eat your son today then we will eat my son tomorrow so he cooked my son and ate him then the next day i said to her Kill your son so we can eat him. But she has hidden her son. Wow, this is some wild stuff. They have, they had, they are now resulting to doing um, cannibalism. This is wild. Verse 30. When the king heard this, he tore his clothes in despair. And as the king walked along the wall, the people could see that he was wearing burlap under his robe next to his skin. May God strike me and even kill me if I don't separate Elisha's head from his shoulders this very day, the king vowed. Verse 32, Elisha was sitting in his house with the elders of Israel when the king sent a, mes- sent a messenger to summon him. But before the messenger arrived, Elisha said to the elders, a murderer has sent a man to cut off my head. When he arrives, shut the door and keep him out. We will soon hear his master's steps following him. Wow, Elisha, yeah. He knew stuff before it happened. He was a true prophet. Dude has some superpowers, man. The whole time I'm thinking of, uh, what's that guy's name? Magneto? Uh, No, Professor Xavier X, the dude in the wheelchair. Verse 33, while Elisha was still saying this, the messenger arrived and the king said, all this misery is from the Lord. Why should I wait for the Lord any longer? I can relate to that. Looking at my life, looking at everything I'm dealing with, be like, I mean, my situation is not nearly as bad as it could be, but sometimes like, man, all this misery, God clearly is allowing this stuff. Why should I wait on him any longer? Like, try to go out and figure out ways to make the misery end of my own, you know? Or she would just be completely passive and just just roll up into a ball and do nothing. Anyway, I can relate to this king, this king saying, uh, why should I wait on the Lord any longer? Wait on the Lord, wait on the Lord, 
He will renew your strength. So wait on him. That's a good, uh, I haven't listened to that in a while. It's a good uh, Maverick City music song. That's what happens when you wait. <laughs> Get a little stronger. So, hey, some of y'all are probably weary. You're like looking at y'all's situation like, man, God, why'd you allow all this? All this misery in misery. Misery in the state of misery. That's what I call Missouri misery. So I need to, I, why should I wait on him any longer? Let me go do, make something happen. Capping. Anyway, we'll be right back for Second Kings chapter 7. Hope y'all enjoyed that. Deuces.